This is Web Suasion Conversation, episode 13. Welcome to the show. I am Ryan Williams, president of the Web Suasion Group and Kapoka Studios here at Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayetteville, Georgia. Today on the show, we have Casey Calloway of Cruise Planners. She's actually going to talk to us about her history in the film industry and with photography and what led her to open a Cruise Planners franchise. One of the things that Casey and I talk about a little bit today is that she's starting a blog and we talk about SEO. And we found over time that hardest part of that whole process is having continuous content, a continuous feed of content that you can put into your social media feeds, onto your website, and having a structure to be able to maintain that. There are a lot of companies out there very good at distributing content when you have it, but developing the content itself, that's the trick. And a lot of CEOs and solo entrepreneurs have built up a wealth of information in their industry over the years, and they have the capacity to share that and maybe even sell that as a course. So that's one of the things we do here at Kapoka Studios, particularly with video. We've developed a framework that allows our clients to capture all that information in their heads, get that on the paper in an outline form, pass it onto a writer, bring it into the studio, and deliver on video and audio podcasts like this. So if you're an executive or a solo entrepreneur looking to leverage your knowledge in your industry, give us a call, 404-418-8909. And here at Web Suasion and Kapoka Studios, we will be happy to guide you through the process. And now our interview with Casey Calloway. Casey, thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Ryan. So where are you from originally? Uh, I'm originally from Ringgold, Georgia, which okay. is a suburb of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And you went to Agnes Scott, right? I did, yes. Theater department? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, and I know you had, uh, I mean, you went to what, drama school in, in London as well? What, tell went, me about that. Yeah, I went to the drama studio London at Berkeley, which was okay. the Berkeley School of the London School. Okay. And I studied directing and was there long enough to know I didn't, I mean, I completed the program, but decided I didn't want to be a director. I was fairly young at that point and wanted to go back into acting. And my then husband and I moved to LA and I started a 10 year acting career. How long were you out there? I was in LA 19 and a half years. Yeah, you were on uh, what, Party of Five and Picket Fences and 30 something. You've been on my IMVD page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it's true. So you were focused completely on acting at that point? I was, uh-huh. Um, yeah. At what point did you get into photography then? So my marriage broke up when my, my former husband is gay, which is why he's my former husband. Gotcha. <laughs> but he's a great guy, he's still one of my best friends. So, But I was kind of dealing with my marriage falling apart. And then anybody who spent any time in L.A. as a young person, as an actor, knows it's a struggle. Right. And so... Dealing with the struggle of my personal life and my business life, I just, it was like, okay, I got to... Find something to yeah. latch so, on to, yeah. Yeah, so I started going to... UCLA has an amazing extension program, and 
I said, okay, let's go learn some photography. And I did. I went to their extension program and did quite a few courses there. In tandem with that, though, you were also working with what Warner Brothers Studios doing documentaries and... Doing a documentary. Okay. Yeah. I actually met a friend of mine at an UCLA extension class. That one was on Jane Austen, but... She was a producer at Warner Brothers, had produced the Drew Carey show and uh, the Norm MacDonald show and all of that. And her mother had passed away and they found all these letters from her mom, from her grandparents to her mother. They were German. Her mom Uh was from Germany and she had them translated. And um, we were meeting for a movie that night and she said, I got these letters back from my grandparents and my grandparents were in concentration camps and my mom was in this thing called the kinder transport which up until 1938 starting in like i think around the end of 36 or so britain said well we're going to take some of these children who are in germany austria and czechoslovakia at that point in time Uh and just kind of help them write out the war because of everything that's going on mostly obviously jewish kids yeah yeah so they took to 10,000 kids up until the war broke out in 38. About 90% of them never saw their parents again. Wow. And Deborah's mother was one of these children who got taken to the UK. And she said, I've talked to Warner Brothers because I've been working for them forever. Yeah. And they have agreed to produce the film and I want you to come work with me. Yeah, I've never done a, done any producing. She said, it'll be fine. How long of a process was that? Four years. Yeah. Four years for the documentary, full time. Yeah, full time. Wow. More than full time. <laughs> did the photography enter into that at it all? Did. Because is it kind of like Ken Burnsy where you have like a lot of times you have photos that you're having to to narrate over top yeah. of and, and script over top of that? Absolutely. Yeah. It did. My one a big part of my part of the process was dealing with archives all over the world, getting photos of the kinder transport. Because a lot of what was thought to be kinder transport photos were actually evacuation photos uh-huh. from London when they sent the kids. Have you seen the pictures with the kids with the numbers on them? Right. Yeah. So they were leaving London, those kids, and some of the kinder transport kids ended up evacuated too. But Germany, Israel, UK, yeah. all those places we were pulling photos from. And we also did a, we we were in Europe and the UK interviewing people and pulling things from the archives. It was an amazing experience, actually. And you guys won an Academy Award for that, didn't you? We did, yeah. So you actually got to go and accept the award? Or? I didn't get to accept the award, but yeah, but I was that, there. Yeah, uh-huh. part of the team. So do <laughs> yeah. you have one? I don't. Oh, okay. um, I only, well, that's very yeah. cool, though. What brought you back to Georgia then? I was following the IMF World Bank protests around after we finished the uh-huh. Kinder Transport movie, which is called Into the Arms of Strangers, by right. the way. I was shooting. I was just following the protest movement and shooting. And I was in Prague. And my husband was there covering the IMF World Bank meeting for the Wisconsin State Journal. But he was hanging out in Indy Media because we were all more interesting. <laughs> was he a photographer, too, or is he a no, writer? he was a journalist at a the journalist. time. journalist, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he's from Atlanta. And okay. we just, it was kind of like a... Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so <laughs> that kind of went on for two years, long distance, and then he moved to L.A. in 2002, and we got married in 2004, and then it was kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to stay in the business. I didn't want to produce anymore, and we moved to Vancouver, British Columbia, where he went to cooking school, because that was kind of a passion of his, Yeah, and then we looked up and said, after that, what are we going to do? And we literally had a map of the U.S. on the table. We said, well, you know, Matt said, if I wasn't from Atlanta, I'd want to go back to Atlanta. And I'm like, let's go back to Atlanta. Yeah. My parents are still in really good shape. And at that point, that was 13 years ago. And 
his parents were still alive, his grandmother was still alive, so. And now, ironically, the film community has followed you here. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I know. Isn't that, in fact, I actually shot a little role in the Dolly Parton series that's was shooting here last year. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. What, so. oh, okay. Is this something that she's producing? Yeah, she's doing. I think it was. I think it's with Netflix. She's doing a series. I think there might be eight or ten of them. Okay. Based on one of her songs, each one. Yeah. Nice. Okay. And I don't think I can talk any more about it okay. because it doesn't yeah, yeah, come yeah, out yeah. until November. I don't want to get you in trouble, but yeah. yeah. But it was. But you're, you're in it. You're acting in it. Yeah, I nice. have like you know, I'm four scenes, a couple of lines. So you're still fun. doing that from time to time. Is when it comes up. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to do again. It was fun to be back on the set. Uh, there's a lot of productions in town to yeah. to jump in on. Yeah. At that point, when you moved to Atlanta, is that when you went into kind of wedding photography, like it doing is. it almost full time? Yeah. It was a matter of like what I want to do and. Yeah. And my husband said, you've always wanted to shoot weddings. And so I did that for nine and a half years. And that's your first venture into being a business owner, pretty much? Largely, yeah, yes. Yeah. Other than being, when you're an actor, you're a, kind of a business owner anyway. Yeah, but, yeah, I had another little thing, but that was like, I, it's more than I need to go <laughs> into necessarily, to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. But I learned a lot with both of those things. I've got a music production background, so I mean, we had a very similar thing happen where basically technology ran all the studios out of business for the most part, and photography, I, I watched the same thing happen. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. There's also a lot of people jumped into the business yeah. right after the crash. They like, I always wanted to do this. I've got a camera. A lot of people jumped back out yeah. once they realized shooting a wedding is really hard. It's stressful, I would imagine, too. It, it is. Yeah, you really have to be on it yeah. the whole time. And I fortunately, knock wood, over like 200 and something weddings, never disappointed a bride. Yeah. But I can't imagine wanting to. <laughs> no, that would be terrifying. To <laughs> yeah. Me. I, yeah. You traveled a lot as a kid. So yeah. what got you into travel? It, was there a photography angle to it originally or did, what not, made you want to do that? Not really. It's just the thing I've always loved doing. Um, my parents were big on us traveling. We were a pretty solid middle-class family, so we didn't mm -hmm. go out of the country, but I had seen 40 states by the time I was 18. Okay. And that really sparked that. Like RV travel, or were they? Uh, no, um, like, because uh, my mother said, you know, she cooked at home and she wasn't going to cook on the road. So right. we would just all get in the car and pick a two state week, and go. Yeah. yeah, two weeks into New England, two weeks into the Rocky Mountain states, you know, cool. whatever. Yeah. And then I went to Europe for the first time when I was 19 and okay. I was smitten. And I what's, that's what I know the best. What's your favorite country? Probably right now, because it does change every time I yeah. go. I'm like, oh, this is my favorite country now. Uh, it's probably Portugal. Oh, I, really? Yeah. I love, I, I was ready to move to Portugal. You're specializing kind of in European travel a lot? Yeah, I do a lot of different things. I mean, I also do the Caribbean and cruises and things like that. But the thing that is my specialty, the thing where I think I bring the most to the party is Europe. I actually have an expertise yeah. there. And I have an expertise. I can tell you what all-inclusives to avoid, what cruise lines to avoid. what right. I can tell you those things, but I, I can walk you through your European trip in a way that I think a lot of agents have to kind of rely on a vendor to do it for them. Cruise Planners is a franchise, right? Yes. So how did that process start with you? Did you work somewhere else first and then decide you wanted to start your own <laughs> or did you just jump full in? I just jumped right in. It's yeah. kind of how I do things. Um, and I looked them up. I realized they were an Amex affiliate, which was kind of important to me and important to me that they booked something other than cruises. Why Amex? Um, people trust the brand. Okay. Yeah. And they see it 
on my card or they see it on my website or on my uh-huh, shirt or whatever. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, okay. So, and that's kind of the clientele that have an MX. And oh, yeah. yeah. That's that's your target. It is. I mean, I work with most anybody because if you want to travel, then I'm happy to help you do that. What were some of the things when you bought the franchise? Is there a large investment up front? Do they train you? Like what kind of process do you go through when you're making that decision? By franchise standards, it's not a huge investment. It's right around $10,000, which is pretty good. They do train you. You come to, I went to Fort Lauderdale for a week and went through training and I did a lot of, I'm, I'm one of those people who just picks things up pretty easily online. So I did a lot of training before I went down there and found myself sort of helping agents on either side of me because we work with all our vendors software as opposed to we have our own back office system. Right. Everything has to be entered into that in order to get commissions. But then, you know, I go to Delta Vacations website. I go to Princess Cruises. I go to, you know. So you're like searching for information there and then you'll go and enter it into your system. I book it on my vendors' yeah. sites, and then we enter it in our system. Gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. And all that's supplied by cruise planners? It is, yeah. That's good. And so it's all-inclusive, pretty much. You just you It is. Business they, out of a box, almost. It is a business out of a box, as long as people either find they really love the work, uh-huh. or they find sure. that it makes them crazy. Cause oh, it's, it's completely up to you to, <laughs> to be successful, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think a lot of people think they'll be successful at it and get started and realize that the amount of detail you have to deal with is overwhelming. Really? Yeah. I mean, right now I have 81 trips on the books that haven't gone yet. So imagine when you plan your own vacation. Now mm-hmm. multiply that times 81. Okay. And <laughs> So you're just always kind of constant anxiety about whether everything's going to go well and what fires you're going to have to put out. Is it sort of like that? or I'm not really an anxious person. Well, so, um, and I think if you're too anxious that this is probably a, probably a business that you. would make you crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it more like juggling. You know, gotcha. I'm like, plate spinning I keep the plate spinning all the time do you find that things get changed often like last minute like flights get canceled and stuff and you're having to shift around that happens more with business travel than it does with personal travel Um, makes sense yeah but things do change you know people will call and say oh you know and they're always disappointed to find that airlines everybody except Southwest charges a fee when you want to change right you know and sometimes you might as well just buy a new ticket because it's 250 or 300 a person. Oh, really? Just yeah. to change? Wow. Mm-hmm. You got started kind of after the internet. I mean, I, I used to work for a company when I was just straight out of college, really, or mm-hmm. in college still, that I didn't work for a travel agency, but you owned one. Mm-hmm. It came around right when the internet sort of came in and mm-hmm. sort of decimated the travel industry to a certain extent as well, kind of like photography and music and everything else. Right. Uh, so you came in after that, though. So, right. So what a lot of people don't seem to understand is that... We're still out there. Well, you're still out there and that you're... No less, no more expensive, if not cheaper, than going on a lot of these sites and booking it yourself, right? Right, right. And I do want to say one thing about the travel industry. Yes, the internet did play a part in that, but also the airlines stopped paying commissions on domestic air. Oh, really? And that was the bread and butter for a lot of brick and mortar. So that was like a two-time hit to the industry. But then what I think people realized is they were doing their own travel planning and either not liking it, I don't do my own vacuuming, (laughs) even though I can. Um, Either not liking it or having a bad experience. Right. A friend of mine who works with me now said something that he booked before I had my business was an all-inclusive that he said, Casey, the food was like my high school cafeteria. (laughs) So, you know, I thought I knew a lot about travel before I started doing this full time. 
and I planned my friends' trips and all that kind of stuff back in the day, and now I realize how little I knew. And you go and actually go on these cruises and stuff to actually yeah. see how it is before yeah. you even can book, you know, you're booking for your clients a lot Yeah, I mean, I can't have been everywhere, Yeah, but sure. I've been, well, I've been everywhere in Western Europe except for Andorra and Monaco. Okay. Uh, but I do know that Andorra and Monaco are in Western Europe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I don't even know what, would you say, Andorra? Andorra. Andorra. I yeah. don't even, I'm not familiar with it's that. It's a tiny, tiny little place, but it is okay. its own country. Gotcha. Um, and so Europe, like I said, I know Europe really well. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm learning the Caribbean and I go to those places because even if something gets really good reviews, it might not be right for you. Right. And there's two resorts I'm thinking about that are owned by the same company. They're right next to each other and they share, like you can go back and forth. Okay. One of them though is really quiet, really peaceful, like just that kind of elegant, refined. Leave me alone. Yes. And the other one has like all these bars and all this live music and woohoo, totally different clientele. Yeah. Right next to each other. You wouldn't know that if you hadn't gone. With your business, how are you, I mean, we can go back to the photography business and even talk about this too, but how do you build your client base? What are you finding to be most successful for that? So I started with my photography clients. Um, I I started booking travel for them. I did. I I went back to them and I, you know, as long as people know that you do what you say you're going to do, then they'll usually give you a chance, even if it's a new kind of enterprise. So I still have a lot of those clients. And then I, two years ago, I found PowerCore. Okay. And I had always heard, even with my photography business, you got to network, you got to network. I kind of thought network was you go to the local chamber of commerce meeting and you shake hands and you pass out your business card. Right. And then I found PowerCore and realized what networking right. really. And you get into actual referral networking. Yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah, my business has boomed because of it. Really? Good. Yeah. Good. What percentage do you think you're getting through networking? Um, last time I checked, and I do check my numbers periodically, 67% of my wow. clients come from PowerCore. Wow. Some version, you know. I like you, I sub a lot and I don't necessarily need to go into what that means unless, but uh, it means I can visit other teams. Right. After two years, it's, it works really well. And there's something like that in practically every state. Yes. There's a BNI or something that has multiple teams that you can go around to. So I think it's the, it's the one-on-ones that I find with uh, referral networking that that's where you really make that connection. And you don't get that when you go to a chamber event or something, rarely do you ever plan a coffee or something, you know, with somebody else, but it's built into the system with these referral networks so that you, you know, really can kind of make an impact and get to know each other and, you know, figure out what each other's niche niche is. And I agree completely. It can't be understated how beneficial it is to sit down with other business owners. And then you sit down and you're having coffee and your mind starts clicking away. Oh, I could introduce them to, I could introduce them to. And it's, yeah. With talking to you, I wouldn't know anything about your background in acting or any of that if we hadn't sat down and talked like this. If you could go back and do anything differently or maybe sooner or anything uh, with your business, what would you do differently? Sometimes I think, I wish I had bought the travel business five years before, but I loved the photography business for a long time. I got tired of it in the end, um, just because, you know, when you shoot weddings, 
you're working when everybody else is playing and true yeah, yeah. you know your husband's at the neighbor's party or whatever always doing weekends yeah and yeah yeah and I'm one of those people who isn't great at taking time off during the week. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So even if I worked on Saturday, I was still working Monday through Friday. Right. And I also just kind of maxed out. You know, it was well over 200 weddings. And I do six or eight a year now. And that's just enough to keep my hand in. And I love the skills I have as a photographer. I take those skills when I travel. Yeah. So I don't know that I would have done anything different. But I think I'll stay in this business for the rest of my life because I could do it far past retirement. Yeah. But the franchise thing. I tell anyone who will listen, it's the best way to be successful in a business. Really? Yeah. I mean, you're not recreating everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you talk to the people. I called a bunch of agents before I bought mine and talked to them and, you know, like ask them, are you successful? Mm-hmm. What's your What's your deal? They all told me nothing is going to just roll into you. You're going to have to work hard. Right. But if you do, the systems are in place to help you. And do they give you any kind of uh, structure for going out and getting clients or any kind of materials and stuff that you can use? Or are you you pretty much on your own for that? They do a lot of marketing on our behalf, but they're not a lead generation. Right. So although I occasionally will get a lead, one of the things I did early on in my photography business that I would do different, and if anybody's out there that's in a business that has like kind of a proprietary website sort of thing, Uh I gathered my reviews on WeddingWire. Nothing wrong with WeddingWire. But I should have been gathering my reviews on Google okay. from the beginning um, right. because they're How yours. How could you have known at that point, yeah. though? Right. right, exactly. Nobody. I mean, that was pretty early on. I recommend that anybody that gets reviews on any website at least copy them to their own website as well because yeah. you never know when Google – I mean, Google's not going to go away. But they may do, they drop products all the time. True. So True. you never know when they're just going to go, eh, we don't care about reviews anymore. It's unlikely. But, right. But our Facebook, I mean, early on, I have a little record label too. And uh, early on, we invested like a ton of time and resources into MySpace. And we got great returns on it at the time. But then, of course, we didn't translate that necessarily into email lists. Right. And when MySpace went bye-bye, because Facebook came around, then all that work was, you know, gone. So we benefited right. for the time being, but we could have we had a list of 20, 30,000 people that we could have transferred a lo- over to, you know, whatever the next thing was. So, that would actually be your continued clients sure. as opposed to sure. losing them, yeah. Sure, so yeah, it's just important to, to get that email list going and, and transfer all those reviews to your site and just get everything onto your own proprietary yeah. system, like you say. Yeah. yeah, so that would be the main thing I would do different. And also with this business, I've gotten systems in place early on because I'm in a business, I guess most people are, if you make a mistake, you pay for your mistake. Sure. And I've made three in three years. And yeah. they weren't huge mistakes, but they were on me. And now I'm really careful with my systems okay. to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. What are you looking at as far as expanding your business or moving forward in 2019, 2020? you have any plans? I do. Um, we can bring on associates who can work as their own independent agents uh-huh. under my umbrella without having to buy their own franchise. Okay. And I'm bringing on one of them in the next month or so. That's good. And probably will bring in a couple of others. I've had, I had one and she was kind of funny. She came to me after a couple of months and I said, so how's it going? And she said, I thought I was attentive to detail. She said, I realize <laughs> I'm not at all. She said, I can't do this job. 
Well, that, that's a good thing to realize. Good you thing know? to know. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like, fine. I, I'm cool with that. And I'm not looking for people who have a hard time turning on the computer or don't know how to attach something to an email. Right. They're out there. And they're looking for work too, which is fine. But I need people who technology is second nature. Right. And so they're not always, it's not, it's not always going to be perfect. I'd rather find that out earlier. Now, are they going to be uh, also doing prospecting for themselves as well? Yeah, or? they will. So. Yeah. And then they will also, like, I March was my busiest month that I've had since I started my business. And it was the ragged edge of what I could do. Yeah. So one of the things is to have somebody in place that I can say, ah, yes, you take this one. Right. And I'm starting a blog. Good. I'm going to be working with Michael Morissette. Rev okay. Local, do you know Michael? No, I don't. I haven't met him yet. Oh yeah, you should meet Michael. He's great. Okay. Um, and he's doing the SEO for that. And okay. I like to work with a lot of different kinds of people doing a lot of different kinds of things. Right. How big is the average cruise planners franchise as far as like number of employees? I would say the average one is probably still just one or two one people. Per, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how big would you want to get though? I don't think I would want to get more than two or three. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Because I also don't want to give up booking. I really yeah. like that part of it. Yeah. And you, once it starts, I mean, I'm the same way with the development team. I don't really, we've got, you know, there's four to six of us, depending on who I'm pulling in on different jobs right now. But I don't want to be managing 20, you know, programmers or something like that. You know, it's just, okay. you, you, it becomes, you're just managing staff and managing projects and trying to keep everybody fed. <laughs> Which is a whole different skill set. Yeah, it is. And, and it's not one I yeah. necessarily enjoy. I like having the creativity. So. Exactly. I'm the same yeah. way. Yeah. I've heard people kind of being in Power Core and being in cruise planners and all this kind of stuff and in different photography groups, people who struggle with the business aspect yeah. and, and people who say, well, I, I, you know, you're your own boss. You, you know, you can make your own schedule. You know, I'm here in the middle of the day, that kind of thing. All of that's true. But the best advice I ever got is nobody works your business, but you and it's kind of all consuming if you want it to be successful. Yeah. And for people who think, well, you know, maybe I'll just buy this little thing and it'll kind of be up and running and it not. I don't think there's any such thing as an, an easy business. Right. Like I've been putting 120 hours in for weeks and weeks and weeks at this point, you yeah. know, and it just it doesn't stop. And uh, I mean, it's you're doing things that you enjoy, hopefully. If, right. You know, otherwise, why do it? But right. Uh, I do envy sometimes friends that punch a clock, <laughs> you know, because they can really, like, I'm never off the clock, you know. I'm always right. thinking about it. Even if, it, even if I am, I'm thinking about something that I need to do. Right. I don't know if that ever goes away. I don't know if it does either. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast. Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. And also check out our website at websuasion.com. That's W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N. You'll find links at the top for all our social media feeds, most notably YouTube, where we would love for you to go and subscribe. Go to the channel and click the bell icon, and that will let you know anytime we post new videos. Throughout the week, we share video clips from the interview segment of this broadcast, and they're great little business tidbits that you could share with your friends over social media and build your credibility and keep top of mind. Next week on the show, we have Corey Rick of the Long-Term Care Planning Group. 
and he's going to talk to us about his specific niche in the insurance industry. Thanks again for listening, and please have a productive work week. Thank you.